I'm a believer that that uh, that the right you know the right place and the right amount of alcohol can really lead to some relaxed and beautiful conversations. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's American Whiskeys, and by Heaven Hill Brands. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Fred here, and it's the holiday season. It's the holiday season. Yeah, I'm not a singer, never have claimed to be, but when it comes to the Christmas season, the holiday season, I go bonkers and just singing everywhere. I'll have a Santa hat on randomly. I love the holidays. And while it's not quite the holidays, like this is not something that you can buy as a gift for somebody, but December 8th this week in New York City, I am going to be live and in person in New York. It's going to come after an appearance on the Today Show. I'm going to be on the Today Show that morning, uh, December 8th. And then that evening, I am going to be at The Cutting Room in New York City. And so go to uh, The Cutting Room website. That is thecuttingroomnyc.com. The Cutting Room NYC dot com and look for my face and you can see more about the event but it's an exclusive rare Michter's whiskey tasting I'm tasting um with the audience a 20 year old a Michter's bourbon and a bunch of other stuff and the VIP and then a in the um in the general admission Michter's 10 year old single barrel uh and a bunch of and a few other things so Go check that out. If you'd like to come hang out, we're gonna we're gonna sip some whiskey in a proper tasting, and then we're just gonna hang out in the after party kind of format and you know drink a beer or two or three. But I I can't wait for that to be live and in person in New York City. Oh hey, and one other thing, you might have noticed there's some new intro music and a little a little special jingle that's coming in with the podcast. Well. How about a big shout out and a big shout out and thanks to ZZ Top's Billy Gibbons for giving me the rights through all of December for his Christmas music. And that little intro you heard, that is, uh, that's it. So make sure that you're checking out uh, Billy Gibbons' Christmas song. It's called Jingle Bell Blues. You will find a link to it in the description of this podcast. You can also find it on any streaming platform. And, um, you know, they, his camp gave me uh, the rights for the holiday season to to use his Christmas song because I want to do something cool for the holidays. I'm such a big sucker for buying my kids presents, buying my wife a present. You know, the holidays are just so special and I, I love them. So, uh, so big thank you to uh, Billy for that. Now, also about ZZ Top, they got their uh, own whiskey now. They did a collaboration with Balconis. Uh, so you want to go check that out? It's a real. Uh, it's really, it's actually really good. If you're if you're into kind of the mul- American multi styles, you'll like that. It's uh, called Tres Hombres. So you, if you know ZZ Top, you know uh, you know where that comes from. So go check that out. So this week's guest is actually uh, a hero of mine. And uh, for those of you who will occasionally hit me up and say, hey, you fanboyed out here, I'm guilty. I'm guilty as charged. 
Once again, I fanboyed out with Clay Walker. Listen, I've been listening to Clay Walker, you know, from the moment that he dropped um, one of his, his first number one single. I mean, I have been a Clay Walker fan forever. I've seen him live. Um, back in the day, I would slow dance, you know, in college to his music um, with my girlfriends at the time. And it just was, he's just this voice in country music that's iconic and i gotta tell you he's an even better human being and they say they say don't meet your idols don't meet your heroes well clay walker is actually better in in uh, well what we didn't meet in person we met over um a streaming platform but he you know talking with him he's even better uh than you imagine so not all heroes wear capes. Some wear boots and uh, have a guitar and a cowboy hat. That's Clay Walker right there. But I hope you enjoy this this episode, and we get into some really deep stuff. And we will have another Clay Walker episode coming up, so you you might hear a little teaser for that. But um, yeah, so enjoy this week's episode with a hero of mine. Clay Walker. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single-barrel and small-batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291ColoradoWhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL, some of you have seen me on Instagram, and some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, trending topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life. Former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler. Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, my name is Dr. Green Thumb, a.k.a. Be Real. We invite you to come check out the illest, highest, most craziest podcast in the world, the Dr. Green Thumb Podcast. Come check out our random-ass conversations along with our crazy challenges. We got some of the dopest, iconic, and legendary guests in the world. We invite you to come catch a sesh, the Dr. Green Thumb Podcast. Listen and subscribe to us at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come check out the Dr. Green Thumb Show. Doctor's orders, baby. Hey, guys. Michael Malice here. Be sure to check out my weekly podcast, You're Welcome with Michael Malice, now on Podcast One. You might know me from my terrible Twitter, my horrible books, or the nonsense I spout on podcasts like Rogan and Glenn Beck. It's all there. Are you black-pilled or white-pilled for the future of the UK? What is a man? 
<laughs> what is a man? What is a no? I, what is it? Are you white pilled or black pilled? No seriousness, girl. No, no, no. I love the Jesse Lee piece of question. The fact that you discovered that gives me hope for some of the things that I've still got that are missing. Well, if you need James G. Blaine's autograph, you are welcome to it. Of course, being the co-author of How to Have Impossible Conversations makes you the perfect guest for this train wreck of a show. Uh, I, <laughs> new episodes are available every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and wherever you get your podcasts. You are welcome. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller Dan McKee and our master of maturation Andrea Wilson say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Heaven Hill Distillery has been lifting America's spirit since 1935. They celebrate American whiskey's rich traditions, guide its evolution, and champion its exciting future. For Heaven Hill, whiskey is more than a profession. It's a personal passion that is poured into every bottle shared with newcomers and aficionados alike. So whether you enjoy the simple pleasure of Evan Williams bottled in bond or savor the uniquely satisfying experience of a rare single barrel bourbon like Elijah Craig, 18 year old, you'll find a home at Heaven Hill. If you want to learn more about the craft and techniques of making quality American whiskey, check out educational resources and sign up for their newsletter at heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. And joining the Fred Minnick Show, someone I've been a fan of for a long time, Clay Walker. I can't tell you what an honor it is to have you on my show and drink some whiskey with you. Thanks for coming on, man. How are you doing? Uh, well, Fred, first of all, I'm I'm flattered to to come on here. I've watched some of your your other shows, and they were excellent. I hope we can can live up to uh, your expectations. But uh, Peyton well, Manning, a lot, lot of those big ones, man. I, I, I you're you're great, and and thank you for taking the time. I, I appreciate that. I, so I have to tell you, I've I've been listening to you. Um, forever you know i feel like you know when 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 i was uh you're you're like in like every one of my like playlists uh for country you know before we had playlists you know you had like the mixtape or like the special cd you know when when i was in the ffa kind of you know showing pigs and you know we'd listen to you in the ag truck and you know so i'm just it's for me it's like Talking to you is like a connection to my youth and, and like uh, coming up as a man. And I just, I got to tell you, I'm hit after hit, I've just been a big fan of yours. 
since the very beginning of your career. And I just, I, it's, it's really fun for me to sit down with you today. Well, Fred, that, that never gets old. And I thank you for all those uh, uh, accolades and sharing some of those, those memories. I'd love to hear more about the memories, obviously, but uh, showing in the FFA, I mean, as, as I say to this, to, to uh, some of my friends who go, uh, uh, you're my kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I sent you, I sent you a lot of whiskey and one bottle I sent you, uh, Sealbox is owned by a really good friend of mine named Blake River. He is a, uh, he is a big fan of yours too. And he told me that the first CD he ever bought was a Clay Walker CD. And I thought that was pretty cool, you know? I thought that was pretty cool. I like him already. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, like, in, in music, you get, there's all these ways to play music. And I think the CD may have been the absolute worst thing to put music on. I've got all these old CDs. I, I find, like, I put them in a CD player. They don't work or they skip. They were so fragile. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I'm glad we have moved away from, from CDs and getting a little bit back to vinyl. You know, what, what were your thoughts about, you know, where we are with like how music is played? You know, I mean, the vinyl obviously makes it sound more alive, mm. you know, it, it just more really like you're in the room with it, you know, like where it's been recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some digital, uh, some digital recordings can sound that way as well, but, um, it's nothing better than vinyl. I grew up playing vinyl and loved it. You know, we had a record player. Uh, it, it was it was great. Um, uh, cassette tapes, not so much. <laughs> you know, they there are problems there. Uh, but I'm with you on the on the CDs. You know, CDs uh, so fragile, and I never understood which part of the CD the music was actually recorded onto. Is it from the edge inward, or is it the middle? You know. Yeah. <laughs> And so, which piece do you not scratch? And, uh, yeah, well, and so. now, like we, you know, to find a CD player, like it's it's like impossible. Like you, you have to find a car from like two thousand one or something. And I, I had a project where I needed to play uh, an old CD, and I bought I bought one of these CD players uh, that you could attach to your computer, and I couldn't read it. And it's just like there's some. It just as a I think in twenty thirty years when when we start getting nostalgic about CDs, we're all going to be like, boy, these things sucked. You know, these were not fun at all. But, uh, uh, so in addition to the seal box, I sent you, I sent, uh, some, uh, some blue run, some blue run. This would have been in one of the, one of the little sample bottles I'd sent. So, a blue unfortunately, run. I don't think I have the blue run. You don't have that one. Are we, are we missing one? It's possible that Charlie would have got it. Oh, uh, I don't have the blue run. Do you have Mictors? I do have the Mictors right here. Okay. Yeah. Do you have Smoke Wagon? I don't have Smoke Wagon. And I would have liked that one because Smoke Wagon, you know, that's one of my favorite lines in Tombstone where he says, skin that Smoke Wagon, see what happens. (laughs) You know? And then then an Angel's Envy. Did you get that one? I don't have Angel's Envy, but it's possible I have that in my. Here's what I have. Do you, you know this one? Okay, so you got two ninety one. Yeah, so that is that a that's a bourbon or is that a rye? 
Um, the, this one is the rye, but I, yeah. I I think I have the Angel's Envy. I think I, I bought that. I think it's actually in my. So you would, uh, in addition to the full bottles, you would have gotten like uh, little uh, little sample bottles that would look about like this, or 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 this. So some kind of small recognize little, this guy. Oh yeah, a little uh, a little uh, liqueur there. That by the way, that's. Really good in cocktails. But oh no, yeah, that's, that, oh, that, yeah. That would not have came. That didn't come from us. That did not come from you. No, <laughs> Angelico. Yeah, I've had. I think I've had it in coffee once. <laughs> well, bottom. So you didn't get. So we don't have the full kit. I might have went to the other house, but we do have enough to get the job done. So I, I know that. So this would be. Uh, we sent. Uh, so somewhere. Somewhere along the way, you would have gotten like a an actual kit, you know, for me with like you know smaller bottles. But here we go. We got the we got the full bottles of these guys, and you know that will be that will be good. We'll we can run with that. So let's go ahead and start with the Michters, uh, ten year old. Okay. And I will tell you, if you've got someone who's already got can open it for you, this thing can be a beast to open. Oh yeah, he's already got it open. He's already got it open. <laughs> Yeah. So if he he must there already had the wax taken off. So we, we just we just drinking right out of the bottle. Or, or well, you can get a little glass. <laughs> I mean, you can you can be you I'm can drink it straight from the bottle if you want. But hey, look at this. You will like this? I love that. I got a very, my very own Fred Minnick show glass. It's pretty. So is this going to be neat, or we're going to put a cube? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do, do it here? neat. Okay. So you were saying uh, before uh, before we started recording that you uh, you you have a lot of experience with wine. A lot, yeah. Okay. And and, and you know I used to drink bourbon all the time. That was my my go to. And uh, and uh, my wife said that I'm much kinder on on wine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I, I love whiskey, especially this time of year in the fall, the winter. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing better to warm your bones, you know. It, and it's uh, it's really uh, it smells great too. But the only the only real experience that I've ever had with with whiskey has has been you know the bigger names, you know, the Jack Daniels, mm -hmm. uh, Crown Royal. I, I, I love the Reserve. I, I love sipping the Reserve neat, you know. And um, then I've had some friends that have, that have bought me some different bottles uh, of, uh, of bourbon that I've loved. And I'm, I'm confused about something though. I've heard people say that it's only bourbon if it comes from Kentucky. Uh, is, yeah, is that true so, or no? So that, that's one of the great uh, marketing schemes of bourbon distillers in Kentucky. Uh, in, in 1964, uh, Congress declared bourbon to be a unique product of the United States. And that basically, uh, you know, basically blocked other countries from making bourbon. Now, they could make the exact same thing. They just couldn't call it bourbon. And so anybody who has a free trade agreement with the United States must must actually agree agree to our terms and standards of what is bourbon. And that was, you know, Kentucky was never called out as being the only place it could be made. In fact, at that time, bourbon was being made in uh, in Illinois and Missouri, Today, you can find it made in Wyoming, California, New York, uh, Texas. It's made everywhere. 
In fact, in Texas, you know, your stomping grounds, there's a, uh, there's a lot of really good distillers there. You got Garrison Brothers in High Texas. You got Balconis in, uh, in, in Waco. You got Iron Root in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so you have a lot of, um, uh, a lot of really good, um, a lot of really good, you know, distillers there, you know, and it's so different in Texas because the heat there is relentless, you know, it does not let up and, uh, and the humidity is so different than in Kentucky. So you get a lot of different styles coming out of there. So when you drink, uh, whiskey this way, neat, you know, mm-hmm. I was in, I was in, uh, Scotland several years ago and, um, well, I was at playing at a golf tournament there over in uh, in Fife or St. Andrews. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cold. It was in October. And we went into one of the pubs. And uh, my friend was showing me that you, 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 you kind of breathe it in or put air across it as you're, as you're taking it to, to really magnify the taste. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever do that or is that? Yeah, I mean, it is uh, with the you know breathing with with whiskey is definitely a technique. Uh, you know, kind of begins with uh, with with the smelling part, um, and when you when you smell, you want to bring it back and forth. Both nostrils, you know, one nostril can work better than the other. Uh, and if you've ever injured your nose, you know, you can see an impact from that. And then while you're smelling, you open your mouth and you kind of let it out a little bit. And you also relax your olfactories, but when you're when you're smelling, you can actually feel it or taste it uh, a, a little bit. And you know, this this Michter's is a really vibrant one, you know, to begin the tasting with because it's you smell that kind of go back and forth. You know, it. I'm just we're just coming off of Thanksgiving, and it's reminding me of pumpkin pie and nutmeg and you know some banana pudding. Mm. You know, so it's got all the man that tastes great. I, yeah, I got the just, nutmeg. You just put it on the palate, kind of let it walk itself back, and then see how it feels. And then what are the flavors? And that's kind of a that nutmeg note is always real prominent in this one. Yeah, I like this a lot. The smell is really cool. Yes, sir. And you could uh, you could you could have fun sipping on this one. I don't I don't think you would. I think he'd be real nice, you know, after a couple of these too. Kind of like wine. Man, that is so so good. So, mm. but before you get on stage, do you um, do you do you sip a little wine or anything before you get on? Yeah, here's the truth. Uh, I've never had a drink of alcohol before I've gotten on stage. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, for two reasons. One is I, um, or during stage, you know, I, I but I, I've never revealed that to anyone. You know, I, I, I drink water out of my out of my cup but mm-hmm. but uh you know i might consider drinking bourbon while i'm on stage but but <laughs> i've just always you know felt like you know to give the 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 audience you know, my very best vocal performance mm-hmm. that you know i i needed to be you know completely uh, uh sober and and so it, it's it i've always lived by that but you know after i get off stage you know the first thing i do is have uh, a glass of wine, you know, or, or a cocktail and, uh, and just start that, 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 that slow down process because 
you know, it's very difficult to go to sleep after coming off stage because there are so many endorphins kicking. And, yeah. you know, if you go on at 930, you know, get off stage at 11, you know, it's probably realistically two or three o'clock in the morning. If you didn't have any, anything to kind of knock that, knock that high down a little bit, it's, 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 uh, you can be up late, you know, that's why people call it musicians hours. Well, there, there's a reason why it happens. And it's not just because we like staying up late. <laughs> it's because you, you got so many things going on and kicking. Yeah. And it's nice to, it, it creates good conversation. I think most people would agree, you know, that the, the conversations that you have around a cocktail or two can really be much different. Um, there just seems to be a, 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 a chemistry that starts to happen not only in yourself, but among your friends as you're talking. And of course you can take that too far, but uh, I'm a, I'm a believer that, that, uh, that the right, you know, the right place and the right amount of alcohol can really lead to some relaxed and beautiful conversations. Yeah. And imagine some good songwriting too. <laughs> yeah. You know, the ideas for songs, maybe not the actual <laughs> for- formulation, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I think on that side of it, you know, you probably want uh, a little something different, you know, but the, the songwriting is the ideas that come from those conversations. For me, it always starts with, with that. It always starts with a conversation. And, yeah. you know, when I, when I look at songs that I really love, like The Chair, you know, or, or just a bunch of us, a lot of them are conversational. So, you know, you know that those uh, the elements of those great songs came from some really cool conversations. And of course you've had 11 number one hits, uh, you know, four platinums and just, you've had this incredible career of, 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 of success. And, and, and now, you know, you're, we're in a different world of, um, in terms of like, you know, what is consumed, as as country music and you're still you know right there in the thick of it as is whiskey you know whiskey is in a lot of uh country music songs and and i was i was wondering how many how many of your lyrics have have whiskey in them how many songs do you have with the word whiskey in it well more on my new album probably than than ever before because you're right it is a it is a common element in a lot of the songwriting these days. And, you know, I think, you know, that songwriters, country music figured out that, you know, our format is widely um, people's lifestyle, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and I would say that most people who listen to country music probably consume alcohol. Not all, but but most probably do. And you know, whiskey is uh, there's there's all kind of good rhyme worms with it. You know, like like uh, frisky. You know, <laughs> and so it, it 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 makes them miss me. You know, you, you got all kind of rhyme words that 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 can can you can butt up against the word and and um, and I think. Uh, Everybody knows that you loosen up with a little bit of whiskey in you and, and it's just good. I, I think one of the songs that kind of, you know, if you go way back in the day, you had George Jones, Merle Haggard, and, 
and yeah, Tennessee whiskey, and, and you had a bunch of songs in the seventies, you mm-hmm. know, and in the early eighties that really were about drinking, you know. And then our format kind of moved out of that and into the romantic period, you know. With uh, and uh, I was part of a lot of that too, you know. Uh, John Michael, myself, even straight, you know, we're mm-hmm. a lot into the the romance side of things. But you know, one of my favorite whiskey songs was uh, uh was um I don't take my whiskey to extremes. You know, that that line is like so just hits me like this. And and then I think for the modern era, I think it was that that Lady A song. You know, it's a quarter after one or, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. I need you now. You know, that really kind of really helped push in an era of, of songs about uh, drinking whiskey is, in particular. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and and I thought that was great. You know, it's uh, and it'll it'll fade out. You know, <laughs> they'll go back yeah. into something else. But uh, it it is nice. Whiskey is uh is a, is a, can be a really you know good thing um and uh and i'm not i don't, i'm not saying that loosely you know even for your throat um people that may have a lot of phlegm or, or on their throat singers you know mm-hmm. a good shot of whiskey and lemon can and honey can do a lot for for your throat and uh i've had to do that before not not just before i sang but coming off stage getting ready for for bed or whatever but and and it's uh, it's got its medicinal properties, but I think more than anything, it's got its it's uh, it's uh, what am I looking for? It's conversational properties mm-hmm. that that just put you in a place that that uh, sharing, you know, uh, and responsibly. You know, I think it's always good to use that disclaimer. That uh, yeah, and, yeah, I think and, more good than bad. And I was you know, and listening to your uh, your latest album, which you mentioned, uh, Texas to Tennessee. I was struck about how I could not tell the difference, you know, very much of the Clay Walker today versus 1998, you know, when um, when I, I think most of us, when when we were really Clay Walker, Clay Walker, Clay Walker, Clay Walker, I mean, you sound almost exactly the same. And I can't tell you how many musicians, they're just, they sound different your voice still sounds clean it doesn't have any like you know throaty sounds to it um and i'm just like fascinated with how you have kept your voice in such great shape and is that the secret is it the whiskey and honey and lemon well i gotta say that's a huge compliment one of the greatest ones i've ever gotten um but I, i i also think that you know to be honest that that's very intentional you know, um, and, and not that everybody can, even if they're intentional with it, can prevent, you know, the degradation of their voice. But yeah, um, I, I started taking voice lessons about, I don't know, almost four years ago. And, and it was really to learn how to strengthen, you know, and to protect the integrity. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I sing, you know, more correctly today than I ever have because of the, of the lessons. And, uh, wow. and so that's, you know, you just got to care, I guess. Uh, and I do, you know, I've, I've always, uh, felt like that, you know, it's kind of like the old Cal Ripken said of it. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. 
you know, you, you want to, you want to do it right. That's why when I was, you know, I've never done a show like this where I was going to sit down and drink whiskey with somebody. And, and I, and I watched some of yours. I was like, Hey, this is worth doing. <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a, a great host and, uh, and fun, you know? So, um, but I do appreciate that compliment and well, know, it, I, it's, uh, I, I hate to fanboy out like that. You know, I, I try not to fanboy <laughs> out, but sometimes I can't help it, but uh, I, it is, it's true. I mean, Clay, you sound, um, you sound exactly like you did in the nineties and, and I know you've got this, uh, you've got your, your co-headlining an event coming up here pretty soon with um, um, Tracy Lawrence. And, you know, I can't, I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see you live and in person. I saw you, I saw you in Oklahoma. Uh, I, I can't remember now. It's one of those where, you know, as a kid, you go to all these concerts and, and you wish you saved the tickets. But I saw you in Oklahoma um in the 90s and it was like it was one of the greatest concerts i'd ever been to so i, I, I bet it I was i can't wait to see you live o again was it oklahoma city valentine's day it might have it, it sounds about right you know because the my girlfriend at the time uh her birthday was around there so that's what i what i would have done i would have taken her and she was with me yeah. So that 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 makes sense if it was uh, if it was in February. Well, I love Oklahoma. You know, um, there, there's 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 very few states that I would say I, I didn't enjoy a show there. You know, we we've had some some good shows, but but those memories, like you're, you're talking about right there, I have them too. You know, and that that's what makes touring so yeah awesome and and doing what I do because you you walk out on stage and sometimes you. It, it, almost all the time it's it's the unexpected that uh that that makes it memorable you know and and i, I that's, that's been the case in, in every every one of those memories for me well i in it's uh you know texas and oklahoma has this whole rivalry going on you know when it comes to football and sports but um i always I always looked at like you know, when some when there was an artist from uh, from Texas, I kind of felt like you know they're from my home state. You know, so it was always a little extra special when I was just in that in that area. But it it's just it was like I said, Cowboy well, State. You know, Oklahoma. That's right. That's right. I grew up. Sorry, there was some late latency. In my there's a little. Yeah, there might be a little delay here. Um, but that. But I, you're coming in fine. So don't if if there's a delay there, don't worry about it. But. So uh, my listeners probably don't know this about me, but I actually used to be, I, I was on the rodeo circuit um, in high school and, and like, um, you know, we would do, I was a part of this, like, um, it wasn't, so you have like the PRCA, right? Um, back then. And, and then about four, four, four tiers down. That's what, what I was on. <laughs> But like, uh, I, I had this cowboy phase, you know, where I thought I could ride anything, and and then I got bucked off and hurt my shoulder and didn't want to do it anymore. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's interesting. You say that I never really talk about it, but um, I, I did the you know uh, high school junior rodeo and tried to tried to ride uh, bulls and 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 I, I was. Uh, I got to be honest, you know, it, it, people talk about, oh, where you, my mom would come and she, she would like hide her eyes, you know, but I grew up ranching and, and, uh, 
you know, ranching is a lot different than rodeo. And I mean, right. a, a lot of people kind of put those two together. They, they, they don't go together, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, you know, I, I remember starting out when I was a kid, um, we had, we had sheep and we had pigs and I'd ride the pigs, you know, and the, and the sheep and I'd ride anything I could swing my legs over. And, but, um, after getting stomped on, you know, a few times by bulls, I was like, I am out of this. I'm going to yeah. end up with, you know, uh, compound fractures and everything else. But that, that was the, the toughest part was getting stepped on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously, I sang back then too, you know, so I would, I would go ride. And then when I got done riding, I would sing, you know, at whatever the dance hall or whatever they had there at the rodeo arena. And, uh, I, I decided really quick, you know, that, uh, that I had a better chance of picking up girls, you know, singing, uh, than, than, than riding. And plus if I, if I, I could start singing before they were finished riding, so I'd have first choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, you wouldn't need pain pills after. So, I mean, yeah, right. I, and I, I just remember like the adrenaline rush you got. And so like, that's, it's just, a, it's chasing the adrenaline rush and, uh, if people are rodeos and, I actually lost uh, the guy I, I, I rode with. Uh, he died when we were 19 riding bulls in, uh, in oh, Hera, Oklahoma. Sorry. And just a horrible, horrible thing. But I'm, I, I mean, I got out when I think I was 16. And, but, I mean, I still, you probably can still feel where the bull stomped on you. I can still feel my shoulder, my neck kind of planting into the ground as I just slide off like butter. <laughs> It's not for the faint of heart. I'm really sorry you lost your friend, though. That's uh, that's really sad, tragic, yeah. you know. And and you know, I, I think I could see the writing on the wall too. You know, yeah. when you get you know, you got the an animal that powerful and 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 heavy, you know, and can do a lot of damage, you know. And yeah. it's it's underneath it's underneath of you until it's on top of you. <laughs> you you don't want the on top piece, but. But you know, rodeo, and I just I just played a, a friend of mine, uh, Shane Miner, songwriter, great songwriter in town. Um, his daughter, um, both of them, uh, Maggie and Macy, both uh, participate in high school rodeo. And I, I uh, went to ten, went out to Tennessee and uh, Tennessee high school. And Tennessee and Georgia were putting on a, a rodeo where they were competing against each other, and I sang for the high schoolers, and it just, it felt really good, you know, to, to go out there and watch these kids, you know, that are trying so hard, you know, at a sport that's, you know, dang near impossible. You know, mm -hmm. the variables for rodeo and are, are, are so great that it's just really hard to succeed and, and, but they're doing it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, my hat's off to the folks that, that really keep the Western, uh, lifestyle, um, alive and thriving. And, and, uh, those, those, those high school rodeos are important. And I, I'm, I'm glad that I got to, to do some of that, but also glad I knew and found out quickly, you know, what my calling was going to be. And I was singing. Yeah. Well, uh, I, may, may he rest in peace. Jeremy Lloyd was, he was as, as that's, that's my friend. I lost as we go. To well, let's have a toast to, to him. Yeah. I'd like, yeah. I'd like to, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. He was, uh, Jeremy was, there was, um, he was one of those guys, that he was tough as nails, but if you were his friend, he'd do anything for you. And if you weren't, well, you better not get in his way. <laughs> so, 
So I'm glad he was my friend. So cheers to Jeremy. Rest in peace, my friend. Here's to Jeremy. Rest in peace, Jeremy. Man, that is so different than the first one. Yeah. You know, this one did, did not have, like in wine tasting, did not have a lot on the nose. But, man, it is packed with flavor, you know, when it when it actually gets on your tongue. This is this is really good. Yeah, and we're tasting the the seal box um, finished in toasted French oak and maple syrup barrels. And usually, when you get something that's finished in a syrup barrel, you can taste it. It's like oversaturated. I think he did a great job of keeping the balance in this. I, I think this is a fantastic, fantastic whiskey. This was out of the two. This is my favorite, but the Mictor is awesome. Uh, but this one right here suits me a little. It has a little bit more, a uh, little bit more burn to it. I kind of like that, you know. You yeah, gotta it, get the toasty, toasty flavor. Uh, it's it just great. Reminds me a say, little bit of the holidays. This, I'm tasting this, and it just makes me think of Christmas and like sitting around the fire, yeah. Christmas tree behind me, I, kids running around. See, I, I even feel cinnamon on that. I know it's yeah. not listed on the bottle, but it kind of has that to it. You know, it, this is really cool. I, I, uh, I like this one lot so speaking speaking of christmas you've got uh, a, a tennessee kind of christmas airing here pretty soon on cmt uh december 8th and i'm excited about that what tell us about it what what do you got cooking there uh well i got asked to be on the cmt special which is an honor you know anytime you get asked especially like getting asked to be on your show you know it's uh not everybody gets asked, and uh, it's kind of like getting called up. You know, it, it feels good. So, C, CMT wanted me to to be part of a special, and I'd, I'd written a song called "Cowboy Christmas," uh, and it it ended up, you know, making the cut, and they wanted me to be on there. So it it gets a kind of a of a, of a Texas swing kind of song, which you know. Texas Swing is kind of, you know, not the end thing, obviously, these days. But, you know, the song itself has got some really cool lyrics. And I think people are going to enjoy it. I think it was well done. I was just one of the acts, you know, one of the artists that were that were on it. Um, my buddy Tracy Lawrence is on there as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think Sarah Evans. I don't know all of them. But there, there's, a, there's, you know, quite a lineup there. And, uh, and to help people get in the Christmas spirit. You know, is is fun. I love Christmas. You know, I too. I kind of make fun of my wife, Jessica, and my kids because you know they they literally love Christmas music so much they they want to play it all the time. And I'm like, come on, man. You know, give let it let it. You know, give it a break so we can get there and it just be so exciting. But that it, that doesn't change their excitement. <laughs> you know, for them yeah. it works. But they start playing Christmas music in October around here. You know, my house. So. I just got to go with it, but it, it's, it's really special to, and they, and on this particular special my piece was done at a barn, you know, with horses and which fits, you know, who I am. And, and I thought that, uh, that, uh, Rat Clark who actually produced it, uh, did a, did a great job, you know, at least on my piece of it. I don't know what the other ones look like, but he set it up in a way that really looks like it, it catered to the personality and lifestyle of the, of the people surrounding it. Well, um, do, when you all do something like this, do you do you pre-record like months in advance, or is it 
closer in the season because you know all those christmas movies they're like filmed in like july and so i'm always curious when there's a christmas special if it's like done like super early no and i'll tell you something too that i thought was unique and i was like how are they going to do this but they did it they brought a microphone to the barn and we recorded it we recorded my vocals live so it's a it's a one taker live (laughs) i mean we, we 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 did it twice that's it and i was like floored by the amount of uh, continuity and uh, great sound that they could get from a live microphone. So I, I, I think that's worth noting. I don't know if the other artists did their recordings live, but mine is. So, I mean, that's like, I mean, you, you're getting so good on TikTok. It's, it's, it's carrying over to, uh, to, uh, to performing. Uh, I love TikTok. You know, I, know. I love any, I, I love a format that can get, us you know the artists to the fans fast you know and real fast and real and you know i i was honestly i'm surprised that my expectation for tiktok was not all that high and um something just happened you know people people gravitated to it and started engaging us and and uh it, it's been a lot of fun. I've met some some new celebrities, you know, that are TikTok celebrities through that. And uh, man, I, I I don't know what to say. Just just accept that. that obviously, through the years, there have been some people that have liked our music and you know continue to like it. And and you know, I, I feel like they're also getting a better picture of who I am through TikTok mm-hmm. because we don't. You know, that's the beauty of it is that you're doing all these selfies in the environment that you're in and 90% of those are either in my home or or on the ranch here, you know, not, not somewhere like a studio or trying to be made up, you know, most of them, I'm not even shaved kind of like I am right now, you know, it's just being real. And I'm glad that people find that uh, refreshing and, and, uh, and makes them, my my wife and I went out to dinner the other night and, and some people came up to me and, sort of talking to me and, and, you know, as, as they walked away, my wife said, sweetheart, she goes, uh, um, how do you know them? And I go, I don't, I just met them. She goes, they seem like they knew you your whole life. And she says, she told me, she goes, that's what I noticed. She goes, most people feel like they know you. And I go, that's good. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think that, you know, social media provides that, uh, it provides that element in, it, it there's also a lot of musicians who get discovered now through through these mediums and you know as a fan of music i get i think i get most excited about that and like you know these are people that the labels never would have found uh and now they're on youtube getting hundreds of thousands of followers and kind of starting their own little career i mean it, i think it's Social media can be great for musicians, for sure. I think so, too. Um, You know, you always have to look for, you know, when will it be controlled by, you know, our industry, you know, record labels or whoever. And and, and wherever there's money to be made, you know, rest assured that that these that's what keeps the industry, you know, perpetuated is is making money and and being able to grow it. So I do love the raw. beauty of, of TikTok at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I can see it start starting to morph a little bit, you know, 
of where the other platforms were. And, and so eventually, you know, it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll become something not so organic and then another one will pop up, you know, which is cool, but it, it's, yeah. it, it really, it really is a beautiful deal at the moment. And you're right. A lot of people can get seen or heard that wouldn't not have necessarily been seen or heard in a traditional way. Like, you know, like terrestrial radio or, or CMT yeah. or, or, uh, or digital radio even. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Radio is so different now. Like when you, when you have like uh, when you drop something, you know, to stream, like when you drop like a new album in streaming, do you do like a radio tour or do you just like, you just put it out there to be streamed and, you know, do you even consider radio tours anymore? Yeah, you know, for me right now at the time, I've got a record label called Showdog Records, which Toby Keith uh, mm-hmm. owns, and uh, you know he's a he's a great artist. He's done, you know, if you don't know who Toby is, you've probably been under a rock. But I'm that's, not, I'm just kidding. Right, P- yeah. People know people know who Toby is, but uh, you know he and I, G Hall, good, and uh, we have the same manager, TK Kimbrell, and. Um, Right now, you know, I've, I've got a really good shot. I've made a good album, and we have promoted it at radio uh, lately, and it's mm-hmm. been well-received. One of the songs uh, called Catching Up With An Old Memory, which is uh, something you can do with this right here. And it has a whiskey line in it. It says, uh, just let this whiskey hit me and take me on back. So it's I'll drink to that. <laughs> I love it. But uh, so radio, I think, is going to give us a shot, and – you know, as an artist that's had hits in the past, uh, older artist, if you will, it, it's uh, it. My age does not bother me even a little bit. I, I'm a better singer or performer, you know, today than I was when I started out, and that that's that's what I think matters to people. I, I really think that that's what they want. They want the the authentic. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you really do it live? Thing, you know, mm-hmm. and and so. With that, you know, I think radio is going to give us a chance, and that's that's very good. That's awesome. I I, I just was uh, I was curious of like, you know, from uh, from your position of like how everything is just so easy on streaming. Like, just it, it's good to know that radio is still a priority, you know, at your level and and other artists. So, um, well, the people that say radio is not a priority, um, that means they're not being played. <laughs> So they, they, they want to say it's not a priority. Let's get real here. It's like, you know, playing in the NFL, you know, would you rather play, you know, in the NFL or, you know, in a arena league uh, up ball team or even less, you know? So yeah. let's just be real clear, you know, yeah. people, I like that. people kind of, kind of make up their own storyline to, to, to suit their ego. But that's true. You know, I'm here to, I'm here to tell you, you know, I, I met Tom Watson when he turned 50 years old and he was uh, getting off of the PGA tour and onto the senior tour or what they call the champions tour. Mm-hmm. You know, it is the senior tour, but champions tour, they rebranded it. And I walked up to him, you know, we were at some event and I said, how do you like the champions tour? He goes, I hate it. <laughs> I said, why? He goes, it's a ghost town. There's nobody there. You know, he was so real. It was like, he goes, there's nothing like being on PGA tour, you know, and there's nothing like being played on terrestrial radio. Although yes, do I love Spotify, Pandora and all the other streaming service? Absolutely. They are relevant and they mean something, but the biggest footprint for new music is still terrestrial radio. That's still it. 
And it's wow. not the only way, but it's the best way and the biggest way. It's the PGA Tour. It's the NFL. That's where you want to be. I, I, I love that analogy. You know, <laughs> you know, Clay, you know, one of the things, you know, that um, I, I look up to you with how, for how you have become a voice for people with MS and, and how you, um, you are very vocal um, about, you know, the, the public health of, of our country and everything. I look up to you for that. And, and I, I've observed how you've kind of handled things in the, in the pandemic. And, and I, I wanted to ask you, does, does being in the public spotlight, like, um, in trying to relay to people, um, about MS and about the the risks of not getting vaccinated do, do you do you feel a burden by that or is that something that you are proud to do there's definitely not not a burden there I, I feel a duty you know to be honest to not only my fans you know when I'm recording or doing things or doing interview but I feel a, a great duty, you know, to be honest with people who have MS. You know, I, mm -hmm. you know, I struggled. I struggled with it really tough early on. You know, was first diagnosed. Um, I've never missed a show, by the way, not one. But two years ago, I went through the worst struggle of my life with MS. I had an attack and I couldn't feel anything below here nothing at all just nothing i mean i had no feeling i mean you could have branded me on both legs i wouldn't have felt it and that that's called a, a sensory attack and i've never had a sensory attack before and uh i was walking out on stage and could not feel my legs i didn't know if i was going to fall over or not and and i had to tell several band members said if you see me start to fall please just step for me step toward me so i can hold on to you and none of my band had ever seen that before i had never seen it before you know, my feet felt like they were going to explode to the bottom of my boots. And uh, and that lasted for about six months. It was the most terrifying time of my life. And, you know, I, I think when, when celebrities or anybody avoids telling people the truth, I, I think you're you're I wouldn't say you're hurting them, but you're you're actually inhibiting some really good you know, conversation to come out of that and to look for, you know, uh, eventually what would be a cure for MS. You know, there's not a lot of people who have MS and there's very few celebrities who have MS. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I get that chance to talk, I, I, I say things like this, you know, I was on a particular medication and it worked for me for so many years and, uh, you know, and, and I was glad to talk about it. When that attack happened, I was like, I got to change, you know, and, and, and a celebrity or any person that cannot be beholden to a brand, you know, you got to be honest, you know, and so I went on a different medication that my doctor recommended. I'm doing great. You know, I've had no relapses since being on that medication. Thank God. And um, but you got to be willing to change. You know, it's one of the things that uh, and I've studied it. I read a lot of stuff and. You know, Napoleon was known for being able to make a battle plan, go into battle. And when the variables changed, when he actually crossed that line of departure, he knew better than anyone how to change on the fly, adjust 
to what was in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I say that to anybody in life, whether it's cancer or some other disease or multiple sclerosis like I have, you know, you have, you have, you got to have a plan and then you got to, you got to be ready to change it when it's not working. And uh, so having MS, you know, has actually enriched my life. A lot of people find that crazy, but when I was diagnosed very early on in my, my, my life, I was only 26 years old, and, and which is about the time that it actually hits most people, men or women. And, and it, uh, it, it profoundly changed my life. Uh, it, it, there, there's, I heard it said one time that faith ain't faith until it's all you got left. Yeah. And no one, no one could give me the answers. And the most terrifying thing was the doctors had no answers. Today we got some, but back when I was diagnosed, there were no answers. And I, I was, I was terrified for a long time. I had to lean on my faith and, and, uh, and, you know, fortunately, no, I mean, I'm blessed, not just fortunate, blessed that it was, it was real, you know, and it became more real for me. So I don't leave that piece out of it when I'm talking about MS either. You know, that, that doesn't seem to be the the uh, the in vogue thing to do is talk about God or faith or anything these days. But yeah, without that, I'd probably be in the ground. You know, today is uh, the anniversary of George Harrison, the 20th anniversary of George Harrison passing as we're recording this. And one of the one of his famous quotes and I, uh, I won't get it exactly right, but he said he basically said something like you can't. Um, you know, nothing is, nothing needs to happen except your, your continuous search for God, um, and loving those around you. I mean, it was basically that was the gist of it. It was such a, such an accurate and and, and beautiful quote. And and of course, that is beautiful. I got that, no, that is, that is beautiful. No, I'll tell you that is that is beautiful. And you know, I was a fan of his music. Um, and I would I would say too, you know, that that I've gone through phases in my life where I thought, you know, this is how God is. It's a traditional view, and that's it. I know that that's right. This is what the Bible says, or this is what that says. I I now believe with with with, with on my heart that you know nobody can put a limit on God's mercy, you know. And so, you you know the I don't believe that you have to. Uh, you know, look at the secular standards of the world today and go, oh, yeah, that's all inclusive. I, I, I do believe that, that God does love every one of his children. And that's that's all of us on the earth. I, and I don't think that, uh, that I think if you have that perspective in mind, that you could be a much better person every day if you're not trying to be judgmental and live in this regiment box, mm-hmm. you know, that, that sometimes we set up ourselves and go, this is, this is my religion. This is Christianity. This is exactly how it is. I, I think that there's room with, within, uh, within God's heart, you know, for, for all of us. I think that's right. And the moment, the moment that religion gets politicized and the moment that, you know, people in power of certain religions do wrong. I mean, that's, that's where the dangers are. And, you know, all you're saying and all George Harrison believed in and a lot of people of faith believe is that, you know, the, the, the higher power is not 
a man or anyone in power or a, a political party. It's it's your personal search for God. And well, that's right. Your personal search, but not your personal opinion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> personal there, search. There are there. Right. I know. It, it, I mean, how how many people today can't wait to get can't wait to get in a, in a political argument with somebody? You know, and it's like I've, I've been there on our band bus. If you can imagine, you know, we had the perspective the perspective we have in our group of, of people. We have Christians of all denominations. Mm-hmm. We have Buddhists, we have atheists, we have agnostics in our group. If you could imagine the conversation that happens on that bus, <laughs> I'm just, I'm telling you, it's been the greatest experience of my life. And, you know, most of us have been together for years and years and we have knocked down drag outs. We have, but it all comes down to love and you can see, we love each other so much. I mean, I know that they're most of those guys on that bus would die for me and I would yeah. die for them. And that's, that's, that's really the answer, you know, that, that we're looking for is, and I think that there's more good in people than there is bad. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be an optimist here. Are you open to the, the 291? No, I just got the 291. I didn't want to, I didn't want to okay. interrupt you. There. You're on a roll here. But you get ahead of me. Well, I'm just, you know, I, I want to say something to, you know, to this point, because I know there's there's a lot of Christians out there watching and and, uh, and and, you know, the majority of folks, you know, in this country are, are, are Christian. And I'm not excluding anyone. I'm just trying to say something that when I'm talking about religion, which is probably my favorite subject of all, because I, I, I think unless you have uh, a religious uh, backdrop or, or core, that your perspective is 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 distorted, and uh, you know, I, and I heard someone say this, a theologian once that, or read it, that if you walk into a home and you'd never seen a wall before, you'd never seen a home, but you and, and you see a coat hanging on the wall, and you'd never seen a coat and you'd never seen a wall, you know, your perspective would be that walls are magnetic and coats stick to them. If you never saw the hook that the coat was hanging on, the perspective is completely distorted. Yeah. So, you know, the unseen thing that what we call God, you know, if if you don't have that in your life, you have a distorted perspective. And that that's now a lot of people are going to say, how can you say that I'm atheist or I'm agnostic? And, and I say that is a point of view that I have. And so when it comes to Christianity too, I'm going to say this. I don't believe that Christianity is ambiguous. I do believe that we can know a lot of things and you got to, you got to search it out and you got to say, is it, is it truth or not? And uh, that's what I, that's what I leave people with. But what I told you about, I would die for those guys. They would die for me. What do you call that? You know, what, what, what do you call that? And they don't hardly any of us believe exactly alike so yeah but we would die for each other and i i think god is looking for that i i think he he wants to us to to love our brothers and sisters like love that. And loyalty because he yeah. said 
I mean, one of the quotes from Jesus, you know, he says, love one another as I have loved you. He died for us. So if I'm willing to die for someone else, then I'm, I'm doing that commandment. You know, I was, uh, I was in the military for nine years and did, and did a tour in Iraq and, and there is not a greater, there's not a greater feeling of willing, willing to put your life on the line than, than the military or police. Hey, or then I propose a toast to you being, I did not know you were in the military. I, would, I propose Thanks, this toast to you and all of our military brothers and sisters who put their life on the line for us in the past, in the present, in the future. Cheers, brother. I appreciate Salute. that. But that you're whoa. So this is we're moving to Colorado. This is a rye whiskey finished in Aspen staves. Yeah, this one is way different. I guess it's the the rye, the correct? rye, the Aspen. All uh, all a very different uh, you know style. And this 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 distillery, um, the owner his name is Michael Myers. And is that he, Aspen Wood? Can I ask? Aspen, is that Aspen Wood. Wood? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. they take they Michael take Myers. they take Aspen Wood and they put it in the barrel. And it yields a real smoky you know, flavor quality. Oh yeah, um, that's cool. Michael was a fashion photographer and you know photographed the likes of uh, Angelina Jolie, Sam Elliott, and a bunch of models and. He was, um, you know, he was a, a 9-11 survivor and, you know, wanted to do something different with his life. And he got out of fashion photography and um, started a distillery in Colorado. And I just I just think he's I, I just think it's one of the, the coolest stories. And they, they've got a completely different flavor profile. I love their bottle. I think they got a lot of good stuff going for them. Yeah, I like it too. I tell you, I don't know if if I just ended up with these three, but all three of these are excellent. Like I, I, I wouldn't pass up any of them. And if you end up finding the box we sent you that had the Angels Envy Cellar Collection, the thirteen-year-old Blue Run, and my blend that I did for Smoke Wagon, a fourteen-year-old. Um, if you end up finding that little box, you know. Taste those and let me know what you think about them because those are, uh, those are, those are going to be. Well, how about this? Would you give me a follow up call if we could get those? I think I can do that, and I can, and also like if you need me to resend them. Yes, I I can do that. Well, you know, I'm in town. Uh, I'm I'm out of town this week coming, okay, and then I'm I'm in town until middle of January. Um. I would love to do the follow-up with those. You know, I don't know if you could blend the two shows if we set the setting exactly alike or not, but um, I, well, I would like might to. Have, uh, we'd probably end up doing two shows because I wanted to drop this on Monday to promo your uh, CMT. Um, oh, wow. Your CMT deal. So. Um, well, I would, I would, I would love to do a second show with you. I mean, I, I really like the rapport, man. You're super easy, you know, to, do you feel like I've known you 25 years? You know, when we, in, <laughs> well, in I can Manila. actually say that I have. You've been in my head for more than 25 years, so I can say that about you. <laughs> no, you're just you're just now getting to know me. But uh, but uh, like I mean, whiskey's whiskey's all about friends. It's all about sharing uh, a conversation. And um, I know we have you know the world is 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 divided in a lot of ways. And then. Um, 
I've always believed that if, if two people who disagree on something could just sit down and have a dram and a conversation, you know, you, you come out a little different. You may not end up agreeing on everything, but if you just talk about the whiskey and you think about the whiskey, uh, you may end up coming out and respecting someone that you didn't previously respect. And I also feel like we got a lot of issues in this country with alcoholism and alcoholism yeah. is, is not about what we, what we've been doing, tasting, talking about it. It's about chugging a fifth of vodka in a parking lot at nine o'clock in the morning, you know? So yeah. I'm a big believer of, of getting people to taste and learn and think about what it is they're putting on their tongue, you know? I am too. You know, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, you know, um, you know, I'll get, to get religious again, you know, Jesus' very first miracle <laughs> was turning water into wine. Right. So if there's something wrong with getting together with friends and family and having a drink, then I guess he he really he really messed it up, you know, <laughs> because he, he's given he's given us a lot of uh, you know uh, encouragement <laughs> to do that. And so uh, I appreciate you very much, Mr. Fred Minnick. I. Uh, Here's to uh, a newfound friend and uh, a continuation of more of the same and to, oh, yeah. to get an even broader iteration, you know, of this conversation started in another another segment, if you allow me. I love it. It's going to happen. We'll have Clay Walker part two. And what we can do on, on, on that one is you compare your songs to the whiskey. So we Listen, can, I would love that. Hey, I would get my guitar out, and, and this is a great room for vocals. I'll, I'll just get my guitar. We'll have a we'll have a we'll have a conversation that includes music and and uh, little backstories behind some songs, memories that you might have with some of the songs too. Absolutely, you got it. Well, I don't know if I can repeat some of the memories, you know, uh, but uh, I don't want to get in, uh, you know, don't want to bring up too many memories of of my uh, my teenage and uh, uh, early twenties days. I wouldn't exactly, uh, I was, I got in a little bit of trouble here and there, but the, well, it wasn't because of your music. I'll say that. I've just, just always been a fan, but it's, uh, you were always, well, if you, ain't getting, you ain't getting in a little bit of trouble. If you ain't getting in a little bit of trouble, you're going the wrong way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, cheers, my friend. Here's, here's to the next time. And, uh, everyone, you know, if you're not checking out Clay Walker yet, well, it's, uh, You've been under a rock, as you said about Toby Keith. Cheers, my friend. Cheers to you. See you soon. And that was probably the the deepest conversation I've gotten into about religion uh, on my show. Um, you know, I'm not a I'm I'm not someone who gets into politics or or religion. I'm I'm kind of private about that stuff, and I felt very comfortable talking about that and the state of faith and everything with, with Clay Walker because of Clay. And I, I just, you know, I, I appreciate that because not you, you can't talk religion with everybody. It's something that it, it breaks families up. People go too far. People take it personal. People get personal. And so that was, um, that was a very comfortable conversation for me to have. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that, that Clay, Clay Walker went there. Now, you heard us talk about Clay's uh, upcoming performance. Uh, you can check that out on December 8th. He's part of CMT's A Tennessee Kind. 
That's going to air Wednesday, December 8th at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, I'll be in New York 9 p.m. Eastern Time and uh, out there doing my thing and tasting at the at the cutting room. So come, uh, come check it out. Uh, go check out Clay and... You know, happy holidays to everyone, and I just I just hope everyone's safe out there, and you know you're with family and people surrounding you that you love, and that's what this season's all about. So, if you haven't already gotten a sticker from me, hit me up on fredminnick.com. We will send you a sticker. If you would be so kind, give us a review on whatever platform you're listening to us right now. It helps with the algorithm overlords. But that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Be safe out there. Remember, no licking handrails, no licking trash cans. And vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's American Whiskey, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred and his books, his articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.